This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. We are live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 8 Loudon Road in Concord. And I know usually you hear music come in. I never do a cold open, but I had to for this because I want to make right now on our last show, we are giving you the premiere of a track from my good friends, one of the best Irish punk bands around. They're based out of Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal, The Peelers. And this is their new track from their new album. This is the track, Bastards of the Bunch. Enjoy. of the bunch from the peelers new album palace of the fiend it's now available in their shop you can google them right there go to their website a full 13 track album recorded between october 2013 and july 2015 in montreal so i'm sure they love the bruins clips there uh toronto and get this in casablanca mr bob Barnes. what so this album while it was recorded made it all the way around the world pretty cool Excellent. And it features special guests, including the tragically hips Johnny Faye, the Mahones Finney McConnell, a good friend of mine, the queen of Canadian, Canadian scar, Lorraine Muller, X-Stars, Bellwoods, Alan Snooty, and others. Details for digital sales and vinyl will be announced soon. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll play a little more of the peels as we go out of this segment. But joining us right now, we have Joe Haggerty. Hags, you there? What's up, Murph? How are you, bud? I am good, my man. I uh, am honored to have you on the final stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire, buddy. Oh, glad to be there. Great song, too. Loved uh, hearing that. Got me uh, pumped up and ready for the segment. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if we could do some kind of radio show on uh, St. Patty's Day with those guys, huh? (laughs) 
That would be fantastic. Hey, who's who's to say we're not going to be able to do that, Murph? Maybe in a different locale at a different station, but I'm still holding out hope for that. We, we will figure it out, and we'll get the Peelers down here somehow. I'm sure Dave Barton will make it happen. He's the, one of the singers. Hey, listen, let's get right into it. Boston Bruins coming off arguably uh, their most resounding and inspirational uh, win of the season, Joe. Um, and, and suddenly, only a week after everyone was sort of left for dead, uh, this team has found some life. But as we all know with this team, they're very streaky. And I would say if they were playing the Islanders or the Avalanche tonight, I would bet the mortgage on those teams instead of the Bruins. But they're not. They're playing a solid team, which gives me hope that they might live up to the level of the other team. Just your take on things that are going on right now with the Bruins and where they're headed. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens here. I think uh, there's no question that was a great win. It was an emotional win. You know, we've seen this Bruins team at times in emotional settings come up with big victories. The road game they played uh, in Montreal where they got the win is another one that comes to mind, too, uh, where they were very good in that game as well. So, you know, we've seen this at points this year. Uh, They have not been able to be consistent with it. They've not been able to build on it. Uh, They haven't been able to go on an extended stretch of, of gathering points and winning games to, you know, get some separation between them and other teams in the in the playoff race in the Atlantic Division and the Eastern Conference, and you know that that's what they need to do. Uh, the uh, 500 hockey they've been playing for the last four weeks, six weeks, you know, last month, month and a half, it's just not going to get it done, especially with teams like Toronto and Ottawa holding so many games in hand on them. So you know, uh, you get in, encouraged by a good effort like that. Um, they did so many things well. They got off to a really good start, which they haven't done lately. They were ready to go right off the drop of the puck. They scored a bunch of goals, uh, which is something they have had trouble doing. They, <laughs> they had two power play goals, multiple power play goals for the first time since the beginning of November. So that's something they haven't really done well either. So, you know, there's some things they, they really did a good job with uh, that were encouraging. There are things they've been working on. But I don't think you can be sold on anything this team does in a one-shot deal or in a couple of games in a row. Uh, you've got to see it over an extended period where they give full effort all the time, where they look engaged each and every game no matter who they're playing, and where they look like they've started to uh, work on some of the weak spots. You know, I, In the last 10 games, they've scored three goals a game. The power play is up around 24% success rate. So they're starting to show signs of life offensively, and if uh, you can get the goals ending in the defense along with that offense that they've started to show. Maybe they will be turning a corner, and maybe we will see better things out of them. But, you know, I, I have to see it for a longer period of time before I'm sold on, on that as a, as a definite. Bob? Joe, we're following you on Comcast Sportsnet, CSN. I want to know about SSN, Schaller, Spooner, and Nash. What can we expect from that line? <laughs> I like that. Uh, you know, I... I Spooner's had two assists in each of the last two games while playing center. It's the first time he's been back there uh, all season long, and he's looked really good. He had that great uh, rush to the net towards the end of the game against St. Louis uh, where he tried to wait out Carter Hutton, and he wasn't able to do it. But it was a real encouraging sign to see him use his speed uh, to take the puck right to the net. And You know, the, the production has been there, and the comfort level is definitely there, there for him at center. It's where he's wanted to play all year. Uh, and Schaller has been a surprise, and he's been good. Uh, for the most part, all season. So I'm, I'm interested to see those two play together for an extended period um, and, and see what they can do offensively and see if Schaller's size and, and his toughness and his ability to finish a little bit can, can be a nice uh, marriage with, uh, with Spooner. Nash is, is solid on the other side. Uh, you know, I, he hasn't really stood out to me all year. He's had a couple of moments where he's had some decent plays. I, I, I think I'd rather see somebody that's a little more productive, to be honest with you, on, on the third line with those two. Uh, but I'm going to give them a little bit of a chance here to, to develop some chemistry and see what they can all bring to the table together. But, you know, uh, no matter who it is, the Bruins need to get a, a lot more production and a lot more offense from their third line uh, to lessen some of the expectations and pressure on the first two lines to score all the time. Joe, uh, yesterday we spoke to Darren Drager here on the show and obviously brought up the uh, whole Colorado-Boston trade rumors involving Gabriel Landeskog and maybe a Brandon Carlo or a Chris or uh, McAvoy, and obviously, you know, the Bruins, uh, from all reports, uh, balked on those demands. But Drager took it a little differently than most of us have heard, where he doesn't even know if it it reached a point where it was like Sweeney just said no, and that was it. He feels it's just been, at this point, only exploratory. 
and there's plenty of time to get something done for both sides. So I'll let you hear what he has to say here, and then I want to get your thoughts. They're expecting a, a top defenseman back, first-round pick, and uh, perhaps something else. And, wow. You know, so for me to, to dip into you know, the organization of Boston and say they're looking for Carlo or they're looking for this piece or that piece, it would be premature. And, in fact, you know, although I, I know that Boston is among the teams who has uh, talked with the Colorado Avalanche, honestly, Murph, I, I don't think that they've gotten to a point yet where they're getting down to the specifics of what that deal could or should look like. So, Joe, just your take on that, and is that sort of the same you've been hearing where, yes, they've talked, but it's been more exploratory and nothing is uh, thrown out the door at this point because Carlo or McAvoy's name was brought up? Yeah, no, I never heard that there was a definitive, like, offer that was shot down or if there was a serious well, back and forth of public. What's that? Elliot Freeman reported it was, you know, they said Carlo, and the Bruins said, nope, and that was it. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's Elliot Freeman, I, and I trust his reporting, but that, that's not what I had heard. You know, what okay. I had heard is that, you know, there was sort of exploratory things going back and forth, and there were talk of players, and, you know, the Bruins were saying uh, that's not a guy we're interested in dealing, but it wasn't necessarily because, you know, they threw an offer down or there was a concrete offer. I think... You know, when, when, at this point in, in trade talks, there's a lot of trading of ideas, concepts, potential players being involved, and I think it's more that than you know an actual concrete exactly. offer of uh, you know all these pieces for that piece over there. Uh, you know, was going down. So, you know, I tend to side more with what with Drake said there, and, and I agree. And I don't, I frankly, I don't think Colorado's been that close to a deal yet because of that. You know, I think they're trying to gauge what the market is uh, for those players, let other teams know what they expect to get in return, and then maybe get into a situation where you've got a few teams fitting against each other to try to get those players. Now, I don't think there's any urgency uh, in Colorado's part. They need to get it done right now. Uh, I, I, my sense is you know, they'll go up towards the trade deadline unless they get their socks knocked off, and it could even go to the draft after that. You know, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And that, that would speak towards you know, not team's not getting into super specific uh, for trades right now. And I, I think what the Bruins are doing is smart. It's just telling other teams, you know, Brandon Carlo's a non-starter. Sally McAvoy's a non-starter. We're not going to trade these guys. We have no interest in trading these guys. And they shouldn't because they're building for the future. You know, as good as Gabriel Lamskog is as a player, you know, he's a captain in Colorado. He's been a 20-point, 20-goal, 50-60-point guy there. And he's, uh, you know, he plays a bit of a power forward game, and he'd be a great fit for the Bruins. Uh, I don't think he's a difference maker that's going to put them over the top and have them as all of a sudden be a cup contender this year if he comes to them, you know. And uh, unless the Bruins can make a move that turns them into that, and I don't think there's a move to be made that could turn them into that, uh, they're not going to be trading these assets that they believe are a part of their future, like McAvoy and Carlo are. And I, I think that's where it comes from, you know. It's, yep. uh, the Bruins being realistic about where they are and what they're not willing to deal because of the, you know, the the situation that they're in where, you know, they're, they're not a, a serious threat to win the Cup this year, so there's no, there's no need to trade away really a valued future assets like that. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, Joe, I, I think that, you know, there is some feeling too, and Dreg's mentioned it, I saw Pierre Lebrun mention it. I think I've seen you mention it as well that, you know, at this point maybe, and he's got to do that. You, you aim high and then you let other teams bring you down. And at this point, Sackick's aiming a little too high on, on his demands. And another guy that I hear has been doing this since he got hired, and maybe it's just because of his age and his inexperience, Jaka. is the Jaka yeah. in Arizona. And that's a team yep. where I kind of see I see some fits on some of the players that you know supposedly are available for the Bruins, and I kind of see them as a good trading partner for them. But it's not going to happen until Jaka comes back to reality. No, and I think right now, because of the timing of where we are in the year and the fact that they're the only sellers out there, right, that, that's why the prices could be sky high. You know, they, they, they're trying to uh, see as the only uh, teams out there with uh, players potentially available on the board, if they can find a team that's desperate enough, whether it's, you know, because the GM is in trouble, whether it's because a team that's fallen out of the playoffs that has to get into the playoffs, like whatever the situation is, I think they're trying to see if they can just, you know, kind of pull a fast one and get, uh, an absolute ransom for one of these players that might be available. What do they have to lose in doing that? But, you know, both those teams, those organizations are going nowhere this year. So I don't think there's any rush on their part to get future assets 
whether it's prospects or whether it's uh, picks that, that aren't even going to come into play for them this season, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, with Jake, I've heard the same stuff that you have, that, you know, some of the expectations and the value he's putting on his own players are a, a bit outlandish. Uh, other yep. GMs around the league are kind of put off by it a little bit and, you know, wondering if, if he's ever going to play ball or if this is going to continue to be the way it is out in Arizona where, you know, if his players were that good, <laughs> they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in right now. <laughs> Same with Colorado. So, you know, yeah. that team has underachieved for three years. So uh, how valuable yeah. could those players be? Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I think that's part of uh, these new GMs kind of figuring out the lay of the land and how to do their jobs as well. Yeah, and that, that it's got to be great for the uh, the the good old boy network there of GM to see this young kid come in and try to play hardball off the get go. That's going to do him a lot of favors down the road. Well, you know, it's going to make it so that nobody's going to give him any help, and then there's an element of that anyway, where guys aren't going to help you out. They're going to give you a concrete block right. instead of a, a helping hand if they can, you know. <laughs> um, but I think there also is an element of like. You can't try to win every single trade if you're a GM. You know, you've, you've got to have yeah. wins on both sides or guys aren't going to make exactly. deals with you. And, and I think that's something you need to learn as you're going along there. Yeah. Well, he'll learn quick. But, uh, hey, listen, Joe, as we've learned, you're one of the best in the business, and I appreciate being able to say that and call you a friend. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on the final stretch run, my friend. Uh, I will talk to you soon, all right? Murph, thanks for everything you've done. Great job up there in New Hampshire. You uh, put on a great show. Uh, for the people up there, and, uh, and I know you're going to find another show soon because you're too talented not to. You're you're uh, you're, you're somebody that uh, every hockey fan out there should treasure, and uh, you you put on some good radio with some good music. So there's always a place for that. All right, thanks a lot, Joe. That is Joe Haggerty from CSNNE.com. And speaking of music, we'll give you another one from my friends, the Peelers up north. This one's called "Stand Down Cleary." It's about the great Dempsey Willard fight back in 1919. Enjoy it as we go out here in the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Franchises moving to new cities is a reality that will never go away in sports. Population shift, cities face different economic situations, owners will always seek greener pastures. No matter how important we say the games are, money is always more important. But that doesn't make it easier when a team packs up the moving vans and takes off. Fans buy into a team in a unique way. You grow up with them. They become part of your family. And when they leave, there's nothing you can do about it. The stadium situation in San Diego has been a mess for over a decade, and perhaps there's a silver lining in their move to L.A. It's not as far as most relocations, but it's definitely a blow for the many fans who bleed powder blue. Families who have been lucky enough to cheer for great players like Dan Fouts and Junior Seau and Ladanian Tomlinson. This team may move to Los Angeles, but that doesn't mean we'll ever forget the San Diego Superchargers. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Look, folks, if you're paying attention even a little bit, you know the playoff picture is heating up for the top college football programs. And unlike the pros, it's not just the playoffs. We're talking about the bowl games as well. With so many games to watch... 
I'm going to choose the place with wall-to-wall TVs, and that's Buffalo Wild Wings. And like always, they've got new burgers. How about the cheese curd bacon burger and new sauces like Havana Heat, an exotic blend of spices that adds the perfect amount of heat to your wings while supplies last. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. I'm always shocked by the string of home invasions I read about after the holidays. And I don't want you or your family to be blindsided by a break-in. And that's why Simply Safe Home Security has created its massive holiday sale. And right now, get $200 off their best-selling Defender Security Package. It's a 17-piece system of pure protection. Around-the-clock alarm monitoring police dispatch. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. SimplySafeDan.com. SimplySafeDan.com to save $200 off your... Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident... Call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic a shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jacobs. Three for the win. It's good. Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA champions! We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. When I think of my youth, I remember a stage of life that's vibrant and full of possibility. The same is true for our forests. A young forest is a light-filled place rich with quickly growing trees, shrubs, wildflowers, and other plants. It may look unruly, but it provides food and shelter for a wide variety of creatures, many of whose numbers have declined in recent decades. In the past, wildfires and flooding created this young forest habitat by creating openings for fresh new growth. Today, we have largely controlled those natural processes. The responsibility now falls on us to make enough new young forests so wildlife can thrive. Timber harvests, prescribed fires, and mowing can renew middle-aged woods, making them younger and more vital. Do your part by supporting young forest projects on public and private land. Become a well-informed wildlife advocate. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Captain Eric Lawrence needed help after a paralyzing injury in Afghanistan. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview, I got the job. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. You're listening to New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on 1250 Manchester. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Yeah. When he got upset at somebody on the bowls for diving for a loose ball once. Yep. He was like, dude, we don't do that. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about my career. (laughs) Worried about your career means don't do heroin after the game. (laughs) Like, worried about your career doesn't mean, no, don't dive for a loose ball. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, worried about your career means, you know, don't shoot two people. Like, don't stop. Don't be like O.J. Simpson.
and welcome back to the stretch run here in ESPN New Hampshire. I'd love to just play the rest of that song because that is an unbelievable version of the Ace of Spades by Motorhead. When you hear Motorhead on the stretch run, you know it's time for our man Gabriel Morenci of Sports Rage and Fantasy Sports Network and so many other places. And he has the honor now of being the last guest ever on the stretch run as he joins us from the airport in Toronto. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, it's always a pleasure. It's, a, it's an honor to be on a final show. Yeah, we're happy to have you, man, and you've been such a great part of this show. Uh, we've been, we've really enjoyed your insight, your your humor, your your, your point of view, and uh, we love you, man, and uh, we're glad to have you. And uh, let's get right into it, man. Divisional round of playoffs. We'll, we'll let you go off on the uh, the new logo for the L.A. Chargers later, but let's get right into the divisional round of the uh, NFL playoffs. Start right with it, Atlanta and Seattle on Saturday. Who you liking and why, buddy? Well, you know what? You can make an argument uh, for both uh, teams and pretty much all these games and maybe even the Houston Texans uh, as well. Uh, but ultimately, I'm, I'm riding the Atlanta Falcons uh, to go on a prolonged yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, finally uh, somebody year. else. <laughs> yeah, I, I like think it. the Falcons 9-1 to one to, win the AF, to, to win the NFC uh, before uh-huh. the playoffs started. Maybe a chubby chicken combo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to board a plane here. I'm, <laughs> That's I'm okay, buddy. A lot of things. Yes. <laughs> Gotta get I'm some ju- food juggling the a plane lot of too. things here at once. I'm about to board a plane. I'm trying to order food, trying to give people winners. <laughs> That's why we love you, buddy. It's okay. I got a guy next to me over here. Me, he's like Matt Ryan's a choker in the playoffs, and it is true. Russell Wilson's <laughs> got nine career playoff wins. Matt Ryan has just one, uh, but without being as stated. Who did he beat with that one playoff win? He beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, the point spread is a little high. I can't dispute that. Four and a half points, a lot of points, up to five in some spots right now, guys. Uh, but ultimately, I think Atlanta's going to move on. Um, you know, the, the, the Seahawks are like a bully. You know, they beat up on the weak, but when they, when they face real opposition, reality catches up to them. We saw them get drilled uh, at Green Bay. We saw Colin Kaepernick go up and down the field on them. We saw Carson Palmer go up and down the field and beat them uh, in Seattle. We all knew that Detroit was going to flop on the road in the playoffs. That's what they do, and they did it. Uh, this is, I, I like the Falcons to get it done here. I, I do. All right. Well, you said you, you, you see some glimmer of hope in, for Houston. I mean, how could Houston possibly beat the New England Patriots? No, I don't see any glimmer of hope for Houston. Okay. And, <laughs> and normally... And normally I would. Normally I'd be like, you know what, the 15 points is kind of tempting. But when you're taking a big underdog like this, you're hoping that you have back. You, you're hoping that you have backdoor cover potential uh, with the offense, and we just don't have that backdoor potential uh, with the Houston Texans here. Uh, you know, the Houston Texans have been to Foxborough four times before. The combined score is 150 to 49. You know, they've been absolutely nice. tattooed. And you know, we saw last year. They got shut out in the playoffs. We saw last year they got shut out in the playoffs. And, um, you know, we saw, we saw them get shut out earlier this year in Foxborough. The Texans, if things aren't going well for them, they'll tap out. They're not a the type of team that's going to battle to the final whistle if they're down 21 nothing. It's a hell of a lot of points. I mean, who's kidding who? It's a lot of points to be laying in an NFL playoff game. But I'll do it with this exception. You know, we can't forget Brock Osweiler actually did beat um, did beat Brady last yes. year. Yes, he yep. was on the Broncos. But yeah, I'll be laying the fifteen points uh, in this spot. Uh, and, and you know, All if, right. you, if you want to be more conservative, you can money line parlay the Atlanta Falcons and money line parlay the Patriots. It's like minus one um, one ninety or so. Or if you want to get bold, um, you can uh, money line parlay the Atlanta Falcons if you don't want to lay the points there. And then lay the 15 with the pass, and you got a nice, you got a nice fat uh, plus 175 uh, parlay right there. But I'm with you. I, I don't see how the Texans hang around in this football game. There's just so many points. So another thing is, too, the pass just want to get in and out and get ready for next week. So it's not college. Yep. You don't need to impress anybody. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they won 24-10. It's a lot of points, right. 15, but I'm thinking more so 34-10, you know. Hell, even if they win by 17, guys, we still cash our ticket. <laughs> exactly, my friend. And you know what? Pete like Shepard said. Like, what's yeah, Osweiler yeah. going to do? And O'Brien, they have a great defense. They really do. But O'Brien is a conservative coach. 
and he'll play close to the vest and try to milk the clock and oh, give it to Lamar Miller. And then ultimately Brady and Edelman will strike quickly, and then, you know, next thing you know, you're down 14-3 playing close to the vest. So, like, like I said, it's not like we have some pass-happy offense that, oh, they're not going to stop throwing the ball. Maybe they can get a backdoor cover. I'll, I'll lay the 15 with the Pats in this spot. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. And you know what? We shall see. I, I like uh, Pete Shepard's prediction earlier. He said 37-7. I'm kind of close to that. I say 30-3. to I think yeah, that, shout I out to my boy uh, Shep as well. Uh, we do oh, the yeah. weekly hits. Uh, but, of course, you and Shep uh, extending me the invite uh, here. And it's been a hell of a run. And you know what? I told you guys on Monday, and I actually told Shep on Sunday I the know. exact same thing. I said Clemson 35-31. Oh, that was coming, yeah, buddy. We were going to give you credit. We were going to give yeah, you credit. Don't worry. clocks right twice a day, though, right? So <laughs> we finally caught one. <laughs> uh, you've been right a lot on this show. We appreciate it. Let's see if you're right on Sunday. Who are you liking in the Steelers at the Chiefs? The Steelers and the Chiefs, this game is a real toss-up. Uh, yeah. I mean, who's, who's kidding who? The Steelers and the Chiefs, a real toss-up. But you know the last time the Kansas City Chiefs won a playoff game, you know who the quarterback was? Joe Montana. Wow. Like, no joke. That's the last time the Chiefs won a playoff wow. game at home at Arrowhead. 1994. 1994. Oh. It's hard to believe, actually, but that, that's true. Wow. That's the last time That's the last time they've won a, uh, a playoff game at home. And I tell you what, I think they're still going to be waiting. If you look at the Chiefs, <laughs> there's not that aura at Arrowhead anymore. The Tennessee Titans went in there and beat them 1917. Tampa went in there and beat them 1917. Jacksonville gave them all that they could handle. New Orleans gave them all that they could handle on that field. Kansas City are a good team. There's a lot of trends with Andy Reid against the, you know, coming off a bye. He's like 19 and two, uh, straight up off of a bye. But with that being stated, you know, Le'Veon Bell is healthy right now, and the Steelers have never had the Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs before. Last week was his first ever playoff game. It's a toss-up. You know, I think the Pats are probably the best bet of the week, to be honest. Uh, you know, these other games are murder, man, but. I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what? I think it's going to go over 44. The total feels a little low to me here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And then we head to uh, Dallas where the number one seed in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys, are hosting the Green Bay Packers. A common theme, Gabe, throughout this show has been the question mark in terms of experience uh, with Prescott and Elliott and how much that will play a factor negatively or positively. Uh, Your take on that. Well, we've seen that uh, Dak Prescott is obviously, you know, mature behind, uh, beyond his National Football League age. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yep. without being stated, can he beat Aaron Rodgers two times in the same season? Rookie quarterbacks, and we saw Connor Cook making his debut last week. That was kind of unique. But rookie quarterbacks uh, in their playoff debut are just 8-15 and 15 straight up the last 23 times. So it, it is a tough spot to be in, but... I'm going to take the Packers, but I tell you guys, it almost feels like a trap in the same way that we took the Giants last week. You know, how do yep. you not take the Giants plus four and a half, and then we got steamrolled, and it's almost the same similar situation. How do you not take the Packers plus four and a half? But this is a good game to tease, actually. You know, you get the Packers up to like plus 11 and a half uh, to the over. I think this game is going to be a high-scoring game, and it does go over the number, actually, as well. All right, we shall see. And then uh, since we won't talk to you, who do you got going to the Super Bowl and taking it off? Well, I said this before the year started. I said Pittsburgh versus Seattle. And I'll tell you, the Patriots Patriots are really scary. So I don't like getting in front of what the Patriots are doing. But how fun is it picking a a plus-180 favorite to make the Super Bowl, right? So thinking outside the box, uh, we say that the Atlanta Falcons are going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. All right, the Atlanta They're both Falcons nine to and the one Pittsburgh well. Steelers. Interesting stuff there, Gabe. Hey, Gabe. It's amazing, Jim. We, we, appreciate- we managed to just check in. We're boarding a plane doing a radio interview here. Perfect. No one's told us to shut up. Like, we actually just it, it's perfect. We made- went through security and everything, ordered food all while doing this. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> not that I want to sell you guys short on your last show. But, uh, yeah, you, it's you, all right, you, my you, friend. You know, you're like Johnny Fever. You'll, you'll be somewhere else on the dial before you know it. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Just one of these deals. My plane leaves at 6 o'clock Eastern. Perfect timing. Yeah, and uh, here we it's, are right, right now. Right. I'm in one of those little stupid things, you know, when you're, when you're getting on the plane here. But uh, yeah, it's a tough week I, this I, week, guys. I think the, the safest play probably is the Patriots, minus the 15 points, to be honest. Yeah, we'll see what happens, my friend. Well, listen, always a pleasure, Gabe. We wish you safe travels, uh, and we thank you for all the times you came on the show, and I'm sure we'll talk in the air down the line, all right? 
No, I appreciate the invite, and, uh, you know, shout out to everybody uh, that's a regular listener to the show. I want followers on that. Uh, just find me on twitter.com slash sports rage. Or discover you to pay a bunch of videos and pics up there. But I look forward to seeing you guys again. Well, I don't see any real advice in the Nashua area, but if I do, I don't hope to call in the future. All right, buddy. Sounds like a plan. That's that is good. Gabriel Moretti joining us. Safe travels, my friend, here for the final time on a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. And we'll send him out with a little Lemmy singing Stand By Me. Stay with us. We got one more segment left. And it's farewell to the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. I think that the Clemson Tigers are not only going to cover the point spread, but they're going to win the game outright. As far as the score, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as last year was, but I still think there'll be some points put up on the board. I'm going to say 35-31 Clemson. Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me in Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. Talking boxing with Billy C. Every Saturday morning from 4 to 6. Here's my thoughts to WBC, who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing. They like to, to promote their belt as the belt to have. And for the most part, a lot of fighters follow that thought process. I think Canelo Alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of the WBC. On the home for boxing fans, ESPN New Hampshire. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. This fall, I heard a radio commercial for, I think it was a jewelry store, that said something to the effect that while we were out fishing, we needed to remind our wives that even though we loved fishing, we love them more and that we should buy them a diamond or something to let them know that. Yeah, I guess that would work, but I thought instead of buying them something, bring them with us. That would show them how much we really care. When we come back from hunting or fishing, we've usually got some great stories to tell. So instead of telling her the stories, why not make her part of them? By including your spouse into some of your hunting and fishing activities, she has a better idea of what it is we do, or don't do as the case might be. Plus, it gives them a first-hand look at hunting and fishing so they get a better sense of what the sport is all about. Now, you may not want to bring your spouse with you every time you hunt, but do it a few times and it'll pay dividends for both of you. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close. I'm so close. And when I, I finished, I was like, 
I'm done. I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, Good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for The Right Time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. is going to change you still got the same ingredients to your cake on the ice it's still going to taste the same and it, so i don't understand like you know they fight the coach they'll go on a ride everything's just going to turn around and we're going to say no this team's not going anywhere man they're a borderline playoff team they are what they are Final segment of the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, alongside Bob Bardis. Justin Sullivan is working the boards back at the ESPN New Hampshire studios in Nashua, where as of Saturday, it'll be all ESPN radio transmitting out of there. But I want to let our listeners know there's still one more local show left, or a week, weekday local show left. And of course, that is Christian and King tomorrow. Noon to three, as they always. They will be the final show for now on ESPN New Hampshire during the weekdays. And they will go full steam ahead to ESPN Radio. And uh, so I am doing the crossover, so to speak, to those boys for all the crossovers they did to me. Christian and Kinger, I love you both. Wish you nothing but the best. But like that song says, we'll meet again. This isn't the end. We'll, we are definitely going to cross paths. And uh, Sully, I know you and I will definitely cross paths, whether it be on air in a studio or uh, on one of our uh, planned pub crawls. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be. Future. It's going to be. It's going to be one of those those pub crawls for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling that e- either way, one of us is going to win this picks pool, and we're going on a pub crawl. That's that's yeah. just what the celebration is going to be. There's no loser in this, and, uh, <laughs> and we will have hockey games on throughout it. Uh, and, and Mr. Bardis, I, I know that we will. We have plans to uh, possibly do some things together in the future, and uh, we'll make it happen. And uh, absolutely, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, both as a host and a friend, more so a friend. Uh, same but, with you, Sully. But, but let's not let's not make it a professional relationship because I don't want a retainer out of this. You know that that pub crawl uh, has my retainer sets tingling. So you know, depends what district we're in. Do you cross over into Canada or only on a motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> but it has been uh, it's been great. We want to thank our, our guest today on the final show, and I'll get to a little more of uh, you know all the guests we always have. But of course, we had a lot of our regulars on today: uh, Mario Mergola of Sportfolio.com, Chris Price WEEI.com, Pete Shepard of WEEI, Cole Wright NFL Network, uh, Hall of Fame legendary hockey scribe, and a race aficionado like I told you, Bob Russ Conway. Man, that was. That was some good radio there. That Listen to those Milt Schmidt stories. That's huh? one I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't want to ask a story. I just let you know, him go. It's interesting because the way he spoke of Schmidt is the way I view Russ. I mean, I'll just meet him, sit back, and enjoy those stories, yes. you know. And he's sincere, and he's, he's funny, and uh, he's one of the classiest I've met in the business. And, of course, another one, Joe Haggerty of Comcast Sportsnet New England. And then... <laughs> the funniest guy we, we get, and I mean, I think he made our show, is Gabriel Morenci, uh, Fantasy Sports. And you can find him on Twitter, at Sports Rage. He does a wonderful job getting picks, as you heard. He nailed it on the college football championship. And, and I'll ask you, I, I don't know where it goes down in Gabe lore, Sully. Uh, was this one, uh, do you prefer the airport game or the Domino's game? <laughs> uh, I think the airport game was a little more focused. 
Uh, the Domino's yes. the Domino's gave was hungover and, and dealing with other <laughs> things. So he, he was a little more focused on his Domino's. I think it's both. I think it's a combination because I he had food and he was at the airport. But the fact that he was able to just get on the plane like that and no issues, I mean, that's amazing. That, yeah. that itself was amazing. It, uh, I said we got off the air, and I looked at Bardis, and I said, that was like the music, everything all together. The end of, you know, it's the end of our run here on ESPN New Hampshire for now. And, like, the, the, the way it just it, – it's, it's Gabe walking down the – The habit trail. The, what they call it there, the, the, the attachment to the plane yeah. here, the uh, walkway, whatever, you know. Yeah. And he's going – boarding a plane off to set sail in the sky, and it was just like, there we go. Yep. That's all she wrote. It was like you couldn't write it better. <laughs> it could have been a better ending. The, the way the music went, and, again, I love that intro you put together, my friend. It was great, and uh, – too much, I, had, I had too much fun putting that together. That was oh, easy. Yeah. It, it, we had a lot of fun. And that's what counts. I mean, that's what was great about this. And, I, I you know, of course, I want to thank Absolute Broadcasting, uh, Tom Monahan, And like, uh, like Pete Shepard said, I mean, uh, in, in terms of who we reported to directly there at ESPN for a while, it, it was Justin Bastinelli, just a class act, great guy. And uh, I hope you're listening, Justin. We love you. Uh, and, and Nick Anastos, uh, <laughs> missing in action right now. We he, hope he's he, back soon. He went for he went for more wings, and I haven't yeah. seen him since. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to uh, lost in the wings. Well, I mean, if, you know, if he doesn't come back, we'll trade the equipment. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Nick and Astos, great job as always. Everybody there at ESPN New Hampshire, and uh, it, it's been great. And um, so we got you know we got the Super Bowl picks. Uh, Sully, you and I both say Packers Patriots. Correct. Yes. You still stay. You got now. Here you go. This is your last chance to get out of that one. No, nope, I'm, I'm staying with it. I, th- yeah. I think the Packers are just, they're, they're on a whole nother level. The two, two most locked-in teams right now are the Packers and the Patriots. And I just, when you get to this time of year, it's about who's playing their best now. You know, you, Aaron Rodgers had a, a terrible start to his year. I, I 100% agree with that. But right now he's locked in. He's showing the old Aaron Rodgers where he can just sit in the pocket for 10 seconds and still find a guy wide open. I have no idea how he does it. And this Pats team is so just business this year. It's it's all it's been business like, and it's bad. And I talked about it, you know, before how they last year at the end of the year it seemed like they were focused on other things and they were like, ah, oh, we can just win anywhere. No, not this year. This year they're focused. They're locked in. So I just see the two most locked in teams right now are the Pats and the Packers. So that that's who I have in the Super Bowl, and I have the well, Pats winning that. You talk about locked in, my uh, my little one, my daughter Maddie, and I know she's listening right now with her stepsister. And her stepdad Brad and uh, her mom Mary, uh, they are locked in in Disney right now, and they they are full force ahead. I'm imagining <laughs> yeah. on uh, getting to every possible ride they can. But I know <laughs> they will represent the Patriots well down there. Uh, I love you all, and uh, and Bob will get your final final pick right now for the Super Bowl. You you're going Cowboys Patriots? I am, and I took that what about six weeks ago when we joked with Gabe and said we could just pick AFC champ versus <laughs> NFC yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah. It was a 220-something. I remember we picked it back then, so, no, I'm riding that out. All right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, uh, whew, can I hinge it? Should I change it? Hmm. I'm going to say, no, Patriots, Packers, and I, I cannot wait until Tom Brady can just put to rest this whole Aaron Rodgers hype and just, this is how you win a Super Bowl, buddy. And, and shut them up right there in the field. And uh, so we'll go Patriots, Packers. Patriots win it all. They get their fifth ring. Uh, and we'll see if Mr. Goodell shows up to uh, hand the trophy. <laughs> hand of the to trophy, yeah. That's going to look uh, good. Like I said, and I hope people understood from the, uh, the tone and theme of the music today, it's not the end. But uh, for now, it's the end of this show on ESPN New Hampshire. And uh, we appreciate There you go. Go Pats. There it is. We go Pats. I love live it. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings here in Conkin, New Hampshire, 8 Loudon Road. This is Jimmy Murphy signing off for the stretch run for the last time on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll meet again. Enjoy. We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day Keep smiling through just like you always do
Till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away And will you please say hello to the folks that I know Tell them that I won't be long And they'll be happy to know that as you saw me go I was singing this song We'll meet again Don't know where Don't know when But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day Yeah, we'll meet again I don't know where And I don't know when But I do know that we'll meet again some sunny day. So honey, keep on smiling through Just like you always do Till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away And would you please say hello to all the folks that I know And tell them I won't be long They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go I was singing this song We'll meet again, don't know where, don't know Sunny Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard.